Hey all, this is Cassie, the host of Everybody. And ever since I can remember, I've been obsessed with how the human body works and how no matter what stage in life you're at, you can make amazing changes. Together, we're going to deep dive into topics like disease, nutrition, mental health, and more, all with a focus on how we can take steps toward living healthier, happier lives. What's up, everybody? It's Cassie here, episode number two of our series, All About Pain. Today's topic is all about pain neuroscience. So what that is, is the study or the science of pain and your nervous system. And your nervous system includes your brain, your spinal cord, and all the nerves that make up your body. So we are going to be learning about the relationship between pain and your nervous system And how we are going to do this is through a series of stories. Research shows that the more you know about pain neuroscience, the better pain experience you are likely to have. A lot of the stories we're going to talk about today are going to stem more toward people that have chronic pain. So chronic pain uh, used to be defined as any pain that lasted three months or longer. We now know that that's not the truth. We now know that two or three days into your pain experience, you can already be into a chronic pain type of scenario. Uh, Really just depends on the pain experience that the person is having. So chronic pain can start pretty soon after an initial injury or pain experience. Um, It also can take a little while longer, so really just depends on the person. We are going to get right into it today. Again, I'm gonna be referencing a lot of Adrian Lowe's work, which we talked about in our first episode as well. So you're starting to learn about neuroscience right now. Isn't that awesome? First story is the lion attack. All right, so this is what I want you to picture. I want you to think about a long day at work. You get home, you sit down in your chair, your couch, your bed, wherever you sit to chill out and relax, and you turn on the TV, and you're just hanging out, and then all of a sudden, a lion busts through the door of your house or your room, and there's this huge roaring lion in your room right now. What happens? What happens when that lion busts in? A lot of things happen. First, you get a huge spike of adrenaline, okay? Adrenaline is going to make you very alert. It's going to increase your heart rate, your breathing. You're not going to be able to sleep when that adrenaline is rushing through your system. Second, your muscles, okay? Your musculoskeletal system immediately responds. Your large muscles turn on. So large, your big, large, strong muscles that you would use for fight or flight, right? So if this lion is coming into your room, you're either going to fight it or you're going to run away. And what do you need to do that? You need your big, strong muscles, right? You need your quadriceps. You need your glutes. You need your biceps. You need those big, strong muscles. But what happens is your brain then shuts down those smaller muscles, the postural muscles, the ones that you've been working on in physical therapy for so long trying to strengthen and activate, that all goes out the window as soon as that fight or flight response kicks in. Next, your stomach. Your digestion slows down because your brain knows that you need that blood flow to get to those large muscles to fight or flight. So all that blood flow is going to be taken away from your stomach and diverted to your large muscles. Language. We might yell, curse, swear, you know, say really mean things to that lion that's busting in the door to us. 
breathing. Your breathing is going to increase. It's going to be fast and it's going to be shallow. No longer using that really good belly breathing that you've learned about, right, of how to relax yourself. You're probably now chest breathing, fast, shallow breaths, pain. You may experience pain even if you don't physically have an injury at the time because your brain perceives a threat and then it makes you feel pain. So you may feel pain even though nothing has actually happened to you yet. Your healing process and immune system is completely shut down. It's not needed. If your brain thinks that you need to fight or flight, it is not going to be diverting any kind of energy toward healing or immunity at this time. Intimacy, gone, right? You're not going to get intimate with your partner when a lion is busting through the door. Lack of motivation, poor memory, right? All these things can start playing into effect here. Now, what happens if all of a sudden a zookeeper comes in and it's like, oh my gosh, there's my lion. I'm so sorry. Takes the lion, removes it, and you're, whew, you can take a deep breath, you can relax, and all your systems return to normal. No harm, no foul. But what if, what if that lion doesn't go away? What if that lion is still there? and you are in this response mode for a long period of time. What happens then? Well, what's gonna happen is I'm still gonna have that adrenaline running constantly all the time. My muscles are gonna be tense and they're probably going to get sore because so much blood flow is being diverted to certain areas. I'm gonna get tender and sore and more sensitive. I might experience some mood swings, right? All these stress chemicals are just filling my body constantly. That is no doubt going to affect my mood. Appetite. I'm not going to have much of an appetite. My cortisol levels are going to be changing. That really is going to make me not hungry. The hypothalamus, okay, that's a part of the brain. We talked about the thalamus last time. The hypothalamus is another part of your brain that regulates hunger and taste. Again, that hypothalamus isn't going to be being used correctly, so I'm not going to be hungry. Things may taste different. I might not want to eat. Fatigue. If those stress chemicals are coming into my body consistently over and over and over, I'm not sleeping, I'm not eating, I'm not digesting well, my immune system is down, I am going to feel tired and the fact that I probably I'm not going to be sleeping very well is going to make me even more tired. Weight gain. This is next. Weight gain will happen because my cortisol levels are spiked. My stress levels, my adrenaline is spiked. I am going to start gaining weight. And that is going to be something hard to keep control of. Posture. My small muscles in my body are all shut down, right? Because I'm in this fight or flight all the time. So my big muscles are turned on, my small muscles are shut down. I can go to physical therapy and work on turning on those small muscles and then I return to my lion after my 30 or 45 minute physical therapy session and what happens? Those muscles shut down again. So with those big muscles constantly being engaged, of course they're gonna get sore, they're gonna get tender, they might hurt, they're going to be tight. And then all those small little muscles that I really need working for me most of the day are not going to work for me. So you can see if this lion doesn't get removed from my life, all of these things are going to be continuously affecting the way that I feel. 
So what is the lion in this scenario, in this story? The lion is stress. The lion is barging into your life, making you uncomfortable, raising, spiking your adrenaline, making you feel like you're in fight or flight all the time. And your lion and my lion may be different. But if we don't find a way to get the zookeeper to come get your lion or come get their lion out of your life, this is going to affect your pain. If I have pain and then a lion in my house, I am going to feel way worse than if I have pain and no lion. So your stress and your stress levels and your stress management are a huge contributing factor to your pain levels. So we have to learn how to control that lion. What is our lion? Is our lion the TV shows we watch? Are we constantly watching shows where people are getting shot, murdered, dragged through the streets? Are we listening to music that is constantly putting forward a negative connotation? Are we surrounding ourselves with people who really give out negativity, right? If, I, if I'm around hanging out with friends or maybe coworkers that are always complaining, always upset, coworkers that maybe are constantly, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, and now this is happening. Now this is happening. Nothing ever changes here. This is horrible. This, this job is really terrible. This company really sucks. That could be your lion. So if you figure out what your lion is and figure out a way to get that lion back to its home, you, by doing that, can reduce your pain experience. The next little story we are going to talk about is a story about an alarm system. Okay, so we can all picture an alarm system on a a house or a building or something like that. And whenever there's a threat to whatever that alarm system is protecting, the alarm system goes off, yes? So let's talk a little bit about our nerves. So our nerves always have a little bit of electricity in them that shows that we're alive. So our nerves are always just a little bit active. They've got a little bit of a spark to them. Now, let's say I step on a nail. That is going to spike the electrical impulses from my nerves to my brain, saying, hey brain, something's going on. You need to do something. And then my brain says, okay, this is the, you know, my brain starts it out. I need to remove the nail. I'm probably gonna need to walk a little bit differently because of where that nail stuck in my foot. I'm going to need to release some chemicals. We talked about this in the last episode. My brain's going to say, oh, let's reduce some chemicals, help control that pain. Um, My brain might say, hey, you need to go see a doctor. You haven't had a tetanus shot in a long time, and that was a rusty, gross nail, and you could maybe get an infection. So maybe my brain's going to have me call the doctor and make an appointment. So, you know, those electrical impulses are spiked. My brain reacts, and then eventually those electrical impulses should go back down to their baseline. And then think of just this little wavy line moving across the screen. Those are just my normal electrical impulses. But in some people, their nervous system, their alarm system is going to stay in an elevated state. So instead of it being down at the bottom, this wavy little line spiking all the way up and then coming all the way back down, It's gonna spike all the way up and only come down maybe halfway or a quarter of the way, right? So now my alarm system, my nerves are at a high rate. They're elevated. For me to get to that super elevated spot, it's not gonna take very much anymore because instead of my threshold being the bottom all the way to the top, I'm already three quarters of the way up. 
I'm already 75% on alert already with those nerves. So now something so tiny and small like stepping on a sock or something could really spike all the way up and make me feel like, oh my gosh, as bad as somebody else might feel if a nail went in their foot. Because my nervous system is already on high alert, super elevated. So we have some increased nerve sensitivity. Now picture this. Picture you have an alarm on your house. And every time just a little leaf blows by, the alarm system goes off. The police are called, the neighbors are outside looking, it's like, what is going on? Why is your house alerting you? Oh, it's just a leaf. Well, really, if that's happening with your alarm system, you need to reset your alarm system, right? So if my alarm system's going off every time a leaf blows by, I'm not just gonna leave it and be like, oh yeah, turn it off every time a leaf goes by. Oh, no, police, I'm fine. Nope, fire department, we don't need you. It's just a leaf again. No, we're going to go to the alarm system and we're going to figure out what's wrong with it so that we can turn it down or turn it off or reset it or whatever it is. We're going to find a way to make it stop going off every time a leaf blows by the house. And so that's what we need to do with our own alarm system. If you are experiencing chronic pain, chances are that your nerves, the electrical impulses in your nerves are already elevated. So if they're normal, picture just kind of a little light wavy line and then they spike and you've got this huge spike in your line and then it comes all the way back down. Well, if you're somebody with chronic pain, your alarm system is already elevated. So it's already kind of on like a medium to moderately high alert, okay? So you're maybe already 25, 50, 75% of your pain threshold, that's where you're living. So then all it takes is a leaf blowing by to set off your alarm. Someone might not understand you have chronic pain and you say, oh, well, you know, I had to walk an extra 10 minutes yesterday. And so today my pain is just crazy. And someone might think, what, you walked 10 minutes yesterday and now all of a sudden you have, say you have pain? That, that doesn't make sense. That can't be the truth. No, it really can be because your threshold is so much more shallow than someone else that all it takes is just a little bit to set off your alarm system. All it takes is that leaf blowing by to set off that alarm system. Part of pain neuroscience is helping you reset your alarm system. If we can reset your alarm system and give you a larger threshold for pain, your pain experience is going to improve. Now, it is normal to have an elevated alarm system after an injury, whether it's chronic pain or not right? So if I had a surgery, my alarm system is on high alert. It's like, oh my gosh, what just happened here? Alert, alert, something's going on. Yes, that's normal. It's normal for that alarm system to be elevated for a little while after that surgery. We're healing, right? Our body, it's sending a signal to our brain because our brain does need to be working extra hard if we sprain our ankle, have a surgery, break a bone, you know, something like that. So it is normal for that alarm system to be elevated in anybody for a little while. But eventually, as you heal and your tissues heal and you return to normal, that alarm system should go right back down to just a little bit of electricity just showing you're alive. It's the people where that alarm system doesn't go back down all the way. Those are the people that start to experience that chronic pain. And that can happen, like I said, within days after an injury. Now, why does that happen, right? Why do some people have a normal return to their nervous system or their alarm system and other people don't? Well, I mean, that's what this is all about, right? (laughs) 
That's what people have been trying to figure out for a long time. A lot of it really centers around stress and trauma that was happening around the time of the injury or the event. That is something that can almost always be connected. So everybody has what we call a pain story. It's a story about when your pain started. And that pain story is very important because it can really reveal to you and to a clinician or or whoever you're talking to about it, really what was going on when the pain started. Was there some kind of traumatic experience, right? We talked last time about a car accident or um, maybe abuse or something like that. Was there a traumatic experience attached to that? Was it just a stressful experience, right? I got injured. I have to go to the doctor. I have more doctor visits. I have to get all these tests. I'm missing work. Now I'm losing out on money. My employer's upset that I can't get there, right? That's stressful. That can really elevate a nervous system, elevate an alarm system. Think about the impact pain has or an injury or surgery has on relationships, not just friendships. Like I can't go out and see my friends. I'm not able to participate and those kinds of relationships. But what about as a parent, when you have a young child, and now you can't take care of your child, or a spouse or a partner, where intimacy is just gone, and now you're just relying on that other person, just to help care for you. That's stressful. That's going to elevate your alarm system. That's that makes things a little bit tough. What about failed treatment? right? You've tried everything. You've tried physical therapy, you've had all the tests, you've had all the treatments, and you still hurt. And you can't figure out why and everybody tells you there's nothing wrong with you. Whoa, is that seriously traumatic and stressful? Your pain is real, you're feeling pain, and everybody's telling you there's nothing wrong with you. Wow, I mean, imagine how that makes somebody feel. And if you have chronic pain, you know how that feels, how how it feels to have pain and have no one kind of believe you or or it seems like no one believes you because doctors are made to their job is to diagnose and so they're going to look at x y and z and if x y and z are normal then they're kind of like ugh, i don't know i don't know what's next and that's usually when you get sent to physical therapy right and hopefully you've found a physical therapist that not just moves your body but helps you learn about pain, neuroscience, because that's where a lot of the magic is at. What about fear? There's so much fear around pain and injury, especially if it was traumatic, especially if it affected your life in a certain way, especially if you were young or old or weak or just so scared, right? Not just scared of the injury, but the surgery or the treatment or what if it oh, I'm fearful of movement because I don't want to do it again. I don't want to make it worse. I'm so afraid of pain at this point that I just don't even want to move. And that can trigger and perpetuate this chronic pain. That is your lion, your fear, your fear of re-injury. That is your lion. Your worry about your job, maybe your inability to work anymore. You're worried about what your coworkers think of you, what your spouse and your family think of you. You're worried about how are my kids going to feel when I can't go sit at their basketball game because sitting on bleachers makes me hurt for days. It spikes my alarm system so high and it doesn't come down for a long time. And now other parents are judging me. My kids are sad I missed their game. My spouse is annoyed with me, right? There's all these layers. This is your lion right? Your lion is what is perpetuating 
all the emotions that are surrounding your fear. All right, let's talk a little bit about your nerves right now. So you have different kinds of nerves to sense different things. You have nerves that sense temperature, hot and cold, nerves that sense stress chemicals. You have nerves that sense movement, nerves for immunity. So when your body releases those cells that go and clean things out and those cells are bringing back an infection or something to show your body what it needs to fight against, you have nerves that actually can sense that that's going on in your body. And you have nerves that sense pressure. So just how much pressure is being put on you. Now imagine if these nerves are affected, right? My temperature nerves are affected. Here's a story that's really going to hit home with some of you to help you understand. Let's say someone is walking down their driveway. I actually have had a patient. This is their their pain story. It was winter. It was cold. It was icy. Uh, She works third shift at a hospital or second shift or something. It was more like middle of the night type time, right? Probably second shift and gets home at like midnight or whatever and decides to check her mail because she hasn't been home. And so it's dark, it's cold, it's icy. She's tired because she's a nurse. She's been on her feet. And we all know nurses are work like crazy, right? They Half the time they don't even get a lunch break. Um, and she's walking down her driveway to get her mail. Slips and falls lands on her wrist, breaks her wrist. She's in so much pain. She's freezing cold. Now she's wet from laying in the snow. She didn't bring her phone with her. She left it in the car because she was just going to run and get this and come back and get her stuff. And there's a bone sticking out of her wrist. She's in shock, right? Thankfully, it wasn't like a broken knee or ankle or hip to where she couldn't get up, but eventually she gets up wanders back to her car and drives herself to the hospital. So she gets to the hospital. She's tired. She's hungry. She's cold. She's wet and has a bone sticking out of her wrist and has to now answer a bunch of questions about insurance and her, you know, health history and whatever. And, and eventually goes into a surgery, comes out of surgery and then gets sent home. Okay. So let's process this for a minute. What kind of nerves would be affected there? Well, for sure, your temperature nerves, okay? If she was sitting cold and wet, just between the slip and fall, the drive to the hospital, the waiting once you get to the hospital, and then, you know, finally, maybe someone will help you change into a gown and gets you a warm blanket. And that probably felt like heaven to her. But that time that she spent being cold really affected those temperature nerves. So now every time that this person feels a little bit cold, the wrist is going to hurt. And it's not because the bone is still broken. It's not because there's something wrong with the tissues there. It's because her brain has now attached the feeling of being cold to a threat, to pain. So now every time this person gets cold, her wrist hurts. So we're making a connection here. What else probably was affected there, right? Uh, Her movement. So the fact that you fall, you've got this bone sticking out of your hand, and then you would drive yourself to the hospital and you're trying not to move, and every time you move it hurts, right? And then you've got this cast on for so long, maybe pins in your wrist or whatever. You're dang right, I would be afraid to move. My movement nerves are affected. So now anytime I'm cold, 
or I really have to do a lot of movement with my wrist, or I have to move my wrist a lot in the cold. Oh my gosh. That alarm system is just going to be screaming at this person. So you can see how some of this stuff is really intertwined together. And it really, a lot of it comes down to what was going on when that injury happened and what kind of imprinted on my brain, what nerves were affected that are still affecting me now, that are still setting off that alarm system. So we have to start to learn how to control our alarm system. All right, story number three of the day. We are going to be talking business, okay? We're going to be talking about the CEO of a company. So your brain is the CEO of your body. Your brain is in charge of everything. Your brain gets all the reports, right? All the reports eventually make their way up to the CEO of the company, and the CEO is going to be watching for what part of the company is underperforming, what part of your body is underperforming. Let's just think of your body split into a bunch of different divisions in a big building, and each division has to report up to the supervisor and then that supervisor then reports to the CEO. So one supervisor might be looking after several different divisions, they're all reporting, and then that report gets sent up to the CEO. So let's say the CEO gets a report monthly. So it's not super often, it's just like, okay, once in a while I get a report and I see what's going on, and I can see what's going on with the company, you know, with the body. Let's say the CEO gets a report, and there's a part, a uh, division, part of your body that might be underperforming. This might be the part of your body where you have pain or reduced movement or whatever it is. So now the CEO gets a little worried like, hmm, you're underperforming over here. I don't want monthly reports anymore. I want weekly reports. In fact, you know what? I want daily reports. You know what? I want to report every day in the morning and in the evening. So now the CEO is paying extra special attention to this area. And if you are an employee, you can kind of picture how this feels like, what, I made one mistake, and now you're going to just hound me forever, right? And then you can feel like if, if your supervisor or the CEO of your company is constantly checking in on you, how nervous that would make you, how many more mistakes you actually probably would make because you're so worried about somebody checking in on you so often. You're worried about your job, right? This this is what I'm supposed to be doing, but you're checking in on me so often that I keep messing up. Now the CEO is not only paying extra attention to this part of your body, so it's not like, you know, my back is just sending these once in a while, these little signals like, hey, I'm here, I'm doing okay. Now it's the CEO is calling for those signals, right? Check in, check in, check in. Well, the more you start checking in on this area, the more pain you're going to feel, right? Because now I'm thinking about it all the time. I'm constantly checking in. How's my back? How's my back? How's my back? Come on, report to the CEO. Tell me, tell me, how's the back? How's the back feeling? So the more that you're checking in, the more sensitive and or the more pain you may perceive. But now the CEO starts getting even more worried, right? So the CEO is like, okay, well, not only am I going to continue checking in on this area that I know has been underperforming, but now I'm kind of worried about some of these other areas in the company, right? Are there other divisions where things are happening that I don't know about? So now, okay, so I know it's the back division that really needs a lot more checking in, but hmm, 
maybe I should check in on the legs too. And you know what? I should probably start checking in on the feet as well because if the back is getting away with it and then the legs might and the feet might, and then you know my whole company is just gonna go down the drain. So now the CEO starts checking in on more areas, checking in on your hips, checking in on your legs and your feet and how you're walking and how you're feeling and how you're moving. And every time you roll over in bed, your brain is checking in. That CEO is like, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you going? Of course, you're going to feel worse right? We have to start learning how to get that CEO, that brain to back off a little bit and trust us to do our job. So you can see how that would be a big contributing factor to your pain as well. All right. So from some of these stories we talked about today, hopefully it helps you to understand that chronic pain is a nervous system issue. What it is, is there's too many reports There's too much elevation in that alarm system. There's too many lions in your life. And all of that is increasing your sensitivity to your pain experience. So what does that mean for you? What that means, this is the first step. Understanding that pain is a nervous system experience and it's a nervous system issue if those pain levels don't change for you. So that's number one. And just by simply understanding that alone, that can actually start to decrease your pain experience. So if you have chronic pain and you go do a little bit extra work and your alarm system's going off, but you know that my pain is only elevated, my alarm system's only going off because I know that my threshold is smaller than what it used to be. That alone can help turn that alarm down just by understanding that. Or I get home from a super stressful day at work and it's like, oh my gosh, my back hurts so much worse than it normally does. And I didn't do anything different today except, you know, so-and-so that sits next to me literally spent the whole day complaining to me about politics and the election and the new requirements at work. And I am just exhausted from it. And my back is killing me. Okay, so then you can understand that your lion was bugging you all day. Your adrenaline was up. You were probably breathing shallow. Uh, Your small posture muscles that are supposed to be working for you when you're sitting at that desk and using good posture and proper mechanics all day, that probably went out the window in the first five minutes of, of that coworker, of that lion being present in your life. I know that and I recognize, hey, that was a lion. That was the lion that was really causing me extra pain today. That understanding, just understanding that without doing anything else will reduce your pain experience. So what we did today was step one, neuroscience, neuroscience education. This isn't everything you could learn. These are just a few fun stories, easy ways to start understanding. I have lions in my life. We all have lions in our life, but some of us have more than others, or some of us fixate on our lions more than others. And if we can figure out a way to get the lions back to the zoo where they belong, we are going to have a better pain experience. We all have an alarm system. If our alarm system is elevated to begin with, our threshold for pain is a lot smaller. We are going to experience pain 
from things that wouldn't give somebody with a normal alarm system pain at all. And then our brain, our CEO, that is being nosy and checking in on this area all the time, and we're thinking about it all the time, just by understanding that, hey, let's check in on something else. Let's check in on this book. Let's check in on this podcast. Let's check in on this walk we're about to take and the surroundings we're taking in. Better pain experience right there. So I really hope that these silly little stories today gave you some understanding and a little bit of clarity, whether you are experiencing chronic pain yourself, or you know someone with chronic pain, or you work with people that have chronic pain, uh, we're peeling back the layers, right? So this is just a little bit of a layer that we can peel back and start to understand. What we've got in our next episode is really exciting. We've got a psychiatrist coming on who is going to interview with me and give us all the things about psychology and psychiatry and kind of helping us to understand probably a little more about our lions and and things like that. So that is going to be really exciting. I cannot wait for that. And then episode four will be the last episode of this series. And in episode four, we are going to talk about action and taking action and what can I do to start having a better pain experience? What can I do to start healing? And what can I do to help me start living a happier, healthier life? Again, as always, I want to hear from you. So please uh, shoot me some feedback about this episode. My Instagram is at trainer under slash Cassie. Let me know how this episode went for you, what you thought about it, what your ideas are. And I cannot wait to hear from you. I will talk to you next time.